The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod to Chat with your host, Barry Corellis. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to take a moment and share a word from our sponsor. Body Rappers, Angela Luzio, is happy to be the proud sponsor of the Premier Dance Network. Body Rappers, Angela Luzio, is known for its fine total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. Tyler Peck, principal dancer of the New York City Ballet, is its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck Designs for Premier. It takes a dancer who wears a leotard all day to know what is best in a leotard. So Tyler's beautiful original leotard designs fit perfectly, are ideal for class, rehearsal, or performance, and move well with the body won't ride up in the back. Body Wrappers makes additional apparel for all types of dance that includes ballet, jazz, modern, lyrical, hip-hop, tap, team, liturgical, performance wear for competition and recital, as well as Angela Luzio shoes. You may view all the products at www.bodywrappers.com or to purchase Tyler Peck designs by Body Wrappers, go to dancewearcorner.com or your favorite online dance apparel retailer for all their products. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pa to Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-monthly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I'm happy to share my 15 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Happy Friday and spring to all of you listening out there, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pata Chat, Talking Dance. It uh, officially feels like spring out there, even though it seems like it's about a month late, but I've been walking around enjoying the spring-like weather out here in New York City. I uh, haven't quite gotten the shorts out yet, so not like spring-spring, but uh, I hear that that's actually not that far away. At this point, I feel like our shoulder seasons are getting a lot shorter, and uh, we have really long winters and really long summers. Like Soon spring and fall just aren't even going to exist. Anyway, it has been an exciting couple of weeks. Um, I feel like just so much has happened. I can't believe it's only been two weeks. Um, so I had a couple of students compete at the finals for Youth America Grand Prix. Um, and while neither of them made it to the last round of the finals, I was very proud of how they, how they, how they did and all of the hard work that they put in. Um, Youth America Grand Prix is really just a great institution that is, I mean, what, what it says in the background of all their competitions is ensuring the future of dance. And really it's a scholarship, scholarship and a placement audition, uh, not audition, but, uh, competition. And, um, throughout the whole process, a couple of our kids got scholarship to schools and, um, even Elizabeth Byer, who I, I worked with on creating a solo for her for the semi-finals in New York City where she won the Grand Prix Award. She actually won the top prize of the competition. So congratulations to to you, Elizabeth. Um, what else has been going on? I, I had a group request a private masterclass with me from Brazil at Broadway Dance Center, which was very exciting. And I even had a student come out all the way from 
Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Uh, it was her birthday over the past couple of weeks, and she came out to take a, a private lesson with me in ballet and contemporary. So, uh, cool stuff happening. <laughs> Getting to share dance with the world, and that's all I've ever wanted. So, um, hopefully I get to continue doing that. Um, and speaking of that, let's talk about my teaching schedule. So, um, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more uh, in, in just a second, but I um, was recently promoted to full faculty at Broadway Dance Center. I'm not going to go on about that. It's very exciting, but I'll talk about it in just a second. Um, so that means that my classes are now permanent. Um, so on Tuesdays, this is all Broadway Dance Center, on Tuesdays I teach 10.30 a.m. beginner ballet. On Thursdays I have intermediate ballet. On Fridays, uh, oh, I didn't think of a time there. <laughs> Tuesdays at 10.30 is beginner ballet. On Thursdays at 4.30 p.m. is intermediate ballet. On Fridays, I teach an advanced beginner ballet at 6 p.m., immediately followed by a basic ballet level class at uh, 7.30 p.m. Um, and then beyond all of that, this summer, starting at the end of June on Saturdays, I will teach an intermediate advanced level ballet class from 10.30 till noon. And then I will teach from 12 until 1.30 an intermediate contemporary class all summer long. So I'm very excited about all of that. Um, also this summer, I will be teaching at the Greenwich Ballet Academy at their summer intensive throughout that time. So if anybody is interested in working uh, with me in a more pre-professional format for contemporary classes, you can do that there. And then as I've just told you, I'm always available for master classes um, for to be brought out to, to your studio or if you come out to New York City. Um, also coaching and uh, I can give create choreography for different competitions and, and different things like that. So um, if you want to be in contact with me for any of that, you can always go to my website at www.barrycorolis.com. That's B-A-R-R-Y-K-E-R-O-L-L-I-S.com. Uh, you can go to my contact page and you can reach out to me there if you want to book me. So, all right, let's move on to today's episode. So as I said, just yesterday, I was promoted to full faculty at Broadway Dance Center, which is a dream that I've had since the first time I stepped into the school. Uh, well, not the school that we're at now, at the school studios on 57th Street by Hard Rock Cafe. Uh, while now we are located at 45th Street between 8th and 9th in Hell's Kitchen is a dream realized, and I am so honored to be a part of this grand institution. But like many stories, this is not as simple as you can imagine. It, it's not like I just showed up, I did my job, and they rewarded me for all of my hard work. Um, it's a little bit more complex than that. And I, I want to give you just a little bit of insight into how, how all that happened and also give you a little bit of uh, advice and some tips on how you can help uh, yourself to ask for opportunities. So, okay, let me, let's go back a little bit to how I first began teaching at Broadway Dance Center. So if you've been following my podcast, you probably, this is probably a bit of a rehash, but if, if you haven't, you're newer, a newer listener, this will be very fresh and new for you. So, um, back in 2016, in January 2016, I started super commuting from Philadelphia to New York in order to, um, in order to see if it was even possible to move my, my life, which includes my 
not only my work, but my, my home, my husband, my cats. Um, but yeah, I wanted to see if it was possible for, for us to make the move to New York. And I, I didn't want to just come up here and make it work. I wanted to be able to afford to work here because like, for instance, our rent has increased by a thousand dollars from what we'd had in Philadelphia. So just that <laughs> every month, um, we had to make sure that we could afford that. So um, I started super commuting up to from Philadelphia to New York, and at the beginning, I didn't have any work. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go up. I'm gonna start taking classes, steps on Broadway, uh, two or three times a week, so I can get in shape. Um, and I'm gonna start networking and connecting with people and reaching out and trying to find out like who is this and what is that and where do I go for this. Um, and from there, we'll see if things work. So one of my first orders of business was to go on Google and to search for a handful of schools in the area. But I, there were a few I obviously didn't have to search for. I went Broadway Dance Center, Steps on Broadway, Perry Dance Capizio Center. Um, those were all at the top of my list. So January, right after I moved here, uh, not moved here, started super commuting here. It's complicated. I, I had an apartment sublet for a couple of months that I sort of went back and forth from from Philadelphia to there, but I only kept that for like two months. Um, but that's another sad story. So um, the first thing I did was I, I emailed Broadway Dancer and essentially it was just, I, I'd found on their website, I think it was actually the the CEO of the organization. Um, and I had, I emailed her and I said, Hey, my name is Barry Corollis. I'm very interested in working at Broadway Dance Center. I've been taking class there since I was a kid and um, it's always been a dream of mine to, to work there. So that's all true. Um, after that, um, I said, this, these are my credentials, dance with Pacific Northwest Ballet, Houston Ballet, ended up freelancing for a handful of years across the country. Um, I directed Alaska Dance Theater as an interim artistic director, and I, I've done this much teaching, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I told them I was interested in teaching there. So I, the way that it works is usually when I'm looking for places, I would, I would send them just a, a template email that was very carefully curated beyond the template to that organization. Um, and most of the time the organizations wouldn't get back to me, but Broadway Dance Center got back to me very quickly actually. And they said, Hey, we were, we like your resume. We're not really, uh, looking for teachers right now, but we'll, we'll keep it on file and you should stay in contact. And I remember, <laughs> when I read in the email, usually they just say, great to hear you. Um, we'll keep you on file. Um, but they said, keep in contact. So I kept in contact. <laughs> um, I, I put a, a notification in my calendar every month on that date to check in with Broadway Dance Center. Um, so it wasn't an easy, an easy in like a lot of people think I, I, I've never been one of those people that just gets things, um, thrown at me. Like, I feel like I have to go through it and I have to work my rear end off in order to get things. Um, so every month I email Broadway Dance Center from January through February, March, April, May. <laughs> and finally in June, they actually got back to me on six months, almost six months after to the date after I had sent them the initial email and they said, Hey, um, in the next month we have, uh, I can't remember if actually, no, they said in the next week that they had a class that I could sub for. And I was like, sub amazing. So they sent me a, a contract that I had to, I had to sign. And, um, 
technically at Broadway Dance Center, I'm not an employee. I'm an independent contractor. So um, I had to get all like the our handbook that explained all of that. And uh, I started prepping to teach. I think it was, I can't remember what level it was, but it was a contemporary class. So in June of 2016, I realized the beginning of one of my dreams and I taught for the first time at Broadway Dance Center, which was very exciting. I, I was super nervous. Um, barely anybody showed up for my class. <laughs> I think maybe I had like five people in class because it, it's really interesting. Open classes, I, you show up, you pay for your class the day of, and you take the class. Um, so if you're a really popular teacher, you could have dozens of students in your classes. Um, but if you're brand new, you sometimes you show up and nobody shows up for your classes. You don't think that would happen at a place like Broadway Dance Center. Um, but, I mean, I've had nobody show up to my classes and had to cancel them all the way up to, I think the most I've had in a class at this point is 35. But I do see some teachers, they have anywhere from 50 to 80 students in classes. So it's a bit crazy. But anyway, so um, after that, they offered me to sub uh, a handful of more classes over the next uh, six months. So for the next six months, I was a sub. Um, and when you are in that position, they list you on the website, but I was like usually as a guest faculty, but they didn't even think that my credentials were like that good enough. So they put me down an additional faculty. So it's like you have faculty at the top of the page and they show up right away and everybody wants to take from them because it's like they put their time in <laughs> and they have experience and people want to work with them. So they're faculty. And then below that is guest faculty. And you, you see a lot of guest faculty on the page. And um, some of them are really big names, which is really cool. And then a handful are also people that have been putting in their time to build up to becoming regular faculty. Um, and then down at the bottom with no headshots, there are a couple names and it says additional faculty. So there I was at the bottom, additional faculty. I was like a not even apprentice with the organization at that point. <laughs> like a trainee. Um, <laughs> so I, every, every couple of, like every, every two months during that six month period, I would reach out to them. and be like, Hey, I would love to have a, a, my own class in ballet, my own class contemporary. Cause every time I subbed, like I said, sometimes I had nobody come in. Sometimes I had to have like 10 people come in. But after every class that I taught, at least one person would come up to me and be like, Hey, when's your regular classes? I'd love to take them. And I would be like, well, um, just follow me on Facebook. I'll put it on Facebook because I didn't have any regular classes. Um, and it actually made it really challenging to uh, build build my audience because there, there was no continuity. Dancers like to find their person they take with weekly that are in town. Um, so they can create and cultivate their own schedule so they can stay in shape or improve or this or that. So um, finally, after six months of working as a sub at Broadway Dance Center, uh, they offered me my first guest slot. And even though I was a guest slot, I was still additional faculty. Um, and that was my Friday advanced beginner ballet class at 6 p.m. So I went in and I was actually covering for Matthew Powell at the time, who uh, a handful of months later ended up leaving because he got a job working as a professor uh, at Point Park University. Um, but so I wasn't even sure if I would have this class permanently. So I had that class. And um, so that was in January of 2017, a year and a half ago. Um, and for nearly a year, that was the only class that I had. And I kept on every couple of months reaching out to them. Hi, hi, 
I'm loving what I'm doing. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm curious if you would be willing to offer me a contemporary class or a ballet class, an advanced ballet class, because I really want to, for me, um, I love doing the basic, ba- like the basic level classes, the beginner level classes, because I get to inspire uh, adults to have fun and have fitness and love dance. Um, I really think I'm cultivating them to be our audience members and our donors and uh, our people that are our representatives going out and inspiring others to come to see shows. Um, but I want to choreograph, and we'll get into this one day, not there yet, to have a conversation about it. I want to start my own company. Um, the advanced level classes and the intermediate level classes are where I really want to cultivate my own dancers that I can work with. Um, so I kept on asking. <laughs> uh, I never did it so often that um, I felt that I was really being obnoxious. But at the same time, I felt that if I never said anything, that I would never get what I want. So finally, after a year of working pretty much one class and additional faculty. Um, actually, I think it was back in October. So it was like 10 months. I sent them an email and they responded, hey, we, we'd be happy to move you up to guest faculty. So now I'm finally not that little name with a line. I'm guest faculty with these stars and then all these heart people working hard to get uh, a full-time position at the organization. And every couple months they send me an email and they say, hey, do you want to continue doing your Friday class? I'm like, sure, please don't cancel it. <laughs> um, and then in October, I also got another class. And then um, slowly since 2018 started, I got my intermediate class and then I got my um, my basic ballet class on Fridays. So I asked, I kept on asking for opportunities and slowly they started, they were very slow for quite a while. And then over the last six months, it's really picked up to the point where finally they offered me to do an intermediate advanced ballet class and an intermediate contemporary class, giving me my first contemporary class in the city, which is very exciting for me because I don't, there, there are teachers that teach ballet and contemporary ballet, but I, I, I don't want to throw it out there that this, I'm the only one, but I, I think I am the only person in the city in the open class scene that is teaching distinct classes in ballet technique and contemporary technique. Um, and that's just so exciting for me. Um, but anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. So, um, uh, for the last few months, I, whenever I would go in the faculty dressing room, I'd be talking to my colleagues and every once in a while, something would come up and people would realize that I was still guest faculty, that I wasn't full-time faculty. Uh, and granted, this organization has probably like 100 faculty members. It's massive. We have uh, how many students do we have? We have one, two, five. I think there's seven or eight. I think it's seven, but there are seven, eight studios in this organization. Their classes from 9 a.m. until 10:30 p.m. at night, and they run nonstop. And the studios are almost always full. So it tells you there's a lot going on there. Um, so yeah. So um, back in October, when I had moved to guest faculty, I had, I had actually asked them if I could become if I if they were considering me for full faculty, and they said I wasn't there yet, but they said um, that they're tracking me and that they have me in mind to eventually become that. Um, but they didn't give me any idea of what I had to do except to keep on doing what I was doing. Um, finally, uh, so so I'm jumping all over the place. Uh, so uh, over the past few months, some of my colleagues have been asking and they, some of them were actually quite surprised to find out that I was still guest faculty and had not yet been promoted to uh, permanent faculty with the organization. And when, I mean, that, of course that was already 
already crossed my mind. I was like, okay, I have four classes. And then over the last month, they offered me these two classes in the summer. So I was like, well, I have six classes this summer that will be regular classes. And then on top of that, I am currently doing my third Absolute Beginner Workshop um, which is an eight-week program for 18 and over adults to be introduced to ballet. Um, and beyond that, I had this group from Brazil that asked for a private master class, and I've had a handful of group requests. Uh, some, they, a lot of groups come through uh, Broadway Dance Center, and uh, the group services had asked me to teach a handful of classes. So I was like, at what point am I going to get promoted? Like, I'm working so hard and I haven't heard anything. Like, they must see everything that I'm doing. Um, so finally, the other day, I I decided that I was going to ask. Um, and this is really what I wanted to talk about today because um, I think that a lot of times people think that everybody just, that, that gets, that moves forward in organizations, that if they work hard and they do what they do and they show that they're an integral part of the organization and that they are invested in the organization and that they want to help promote the organization, that they're just going to move up. Um, and this is across the board. I'm not just talking about me as a teacher, um, but th- this is also talking about uh, dancers uh, getting promoted within companies. Um, I think that the assumption from the outside is that this just happens naturally. But um, a lot of times you actually got to ask for it. And I was thinking, I was like, should I be forward? Should I ask for it? Or should I just let this happen naturally? Because I, my ego told me, don't ask. They should see it and they should just do it. Um, and if you keep on working the way that you are, they, they, will, they will eventually move you up. But as time has passed, I never got to a place where I was bitter or, or upset about it. But I was, I was starting to feel like, well, I deserve this at this point. Um, so what I did was what I did was this. I emailed uh, my boss and I said, "Hey, I've been really enjoying my classes." Um, or I mean, obviously this isn't exactly what I said, but I, I've, I've really been enjoying teaching my classes. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, this summer I will now have six classes that I'll be teaching. And then as I just told you guys beyond that, I've now held three absolute beginner workshops. I've had private master class requests and group requests. Um, and I am very interested in moving up to full faculty and I wanted to ask if there was anything else that I needed to do in order to make that happen. Um, and some way I said that, um, and pretty much I laid it all out on the table for them to see. And I said, these are all the reasons why I feel that I should be promoted. Um, and if you feel that that is true, please promote me. And then it was, it was, the ball was in their court and really the, the options that they had were to say, no, we're not ready to promote you yet. Uh, and not say anything or say no, we're not ready to promote you yet, but this is what you need to do. Or, hey, we're going to promote you. And I was really lucky. I got the email the next day, and they said that they were very hap- happy to welcome me to the full-time faculty, um, which put a huge smile on my face. Thank you, Broadway Dance Center. <laughs> but um, be- besides that, um, I don't honestly know if or when – I would have been promoted if I didn't send that email. Um, I mean, if you think about it, like I was saying, my ego told me just wait, let them do it so that you don't, like, you shouldn't have to ask for something. You should be so amazing that they just are like, oh my God, balloons and confetti, 
please, we need you in our organization. It doesn't work like that. In the grand scheme of things, Broadway Dance Center is one of the most popular schools, dance schools in the world. Um, we have people visiting from countries all over. I teach class and half the time, I'm sure most of the people have no idea what I'm saying because I don't speak their language and they're visiting on, on a vacation. Um, but yes, like I said, there, there's probably over 100 faculty members and the, the leadership of this organization is looking at keeping the entire thing functioning like a well-oiled machine. And I'm sure that one guest faculty member that is, has their hopes up of getting promoted to full permanent faculty um, doesn't cross their mind every single day. So uh, when I really put things in perspective in that way, I, I, I told myself, I was like, you know what, maybe it's on their mind. They just haven't gotten around to it yet. And I just need to give them that little like tap on the shoulder to be like, please don't forget about me. I'm here. I'm working so hard. And I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a, a valuable contributing member of our community. And please recognize me for that. And they did. So I, I'm so thrilled that they did that. And um, that's really how I went about it. And I got it. So uh, for me to become full faculty at Broadway Dance Center was, was not this simple path where I just worked hard and everything fell into place. Yes, a lot has fallen into place. But really, Everything that I've gone on Broadway Dance Center has been because I asked. So just to give you a, a short period of time where we can talk about things that can help you, um, let, I want to I talk about uh, really different situations that you may need to go ahead and ask uh, here in the dance world. And this obviously isn't just relevant to the dance world. It's, it's going to be relevant to really anybody in any type of workplace. Um, so when I danced with Pacific Northwest Ballet, um, I mean, I did this for myself, but also I, I was a, as many of you know, I was the, the union delegate, uh, the liaison between the dancers and management, um, to make sure that the organization was running properly. And through that, I ha- ended up in a handful of conversations with dancers, um, who, would have a conversation with me saying that they were unhappy with their casting um, or that they felt like they should be promoted. And they didn't, they, they just wanted to talk about it, but I, I, I felt like an advocate to help them with their career. So um, often I would urge dancers if they wanted to learn a part to go up and ask for a meeting with the, with Peter Ball, with our, our artistic director, our boss. Um, and I would give them the tools on how they could go do that. Uh, and even at times I would offer to go and sit in the office with them. Um, didn't always happen. Most of them were able to do on their own. Um, others didn't want to do it at all, but, uh, I, I always told dancers that they had to, they had to advocate for themselves because really in the end, the best advocate for a person is themselves because nobody's going to look out for you, uh, except for you. And if you do have other people doing that, then you're very lucky. Um, I think a lot of dancers, like I was saying, a lot of people think that these major opportunities fall in people's laps. Like Sarah Mearns, New York City Ballet principal, one of my classmates when I went to School American Ballet, she was in the company in New York City Ballet for one or two years and then she got Swan Lake thrown at her in the last moment. I think there was an injury and in the last second she was thrown on stage and she had this revelationary performance and her trajectory exploded. Um, 
I'm sure that over time she's had to ask for things, but at that time she didn't have to ask for that. That rarely ever happens. So the first thing that I tell dancers if they want to uh, go ask about a part or ask for promotion, um, usually the conversation would come up after they were a bit upset about something. So say that a dancer uh, hadn't been dancing for a while or that they were being cast very well and they thought that they were going to get this certain role and they didn't. Um, usually it was when casting would go up and they would be in a negative state of mind. They would be in a bad state of mind. So they would have seen casting. They would go into the studio. They'd be upset, maybe angry, maybe sad. And they would want to have the conversation right away. So what I would tell them, the first thing I say to most people, when you're emotional, you need to have at least one sleep before you react. Um, (laughs) If you are angry about not getting a part or if something happens that you aren't, aren't comfortable with. Usually if you try to get a meeting and go in right away or send an email and go in right away, you say things that you didn't really want to say. Um, if you go home and you think about it over dinner and then go take a, take your, your night's rest, usually when you wake up in the morning, you're a lot less emotional about it and you see things a lot more clearly than you did when you were seeing things through the fog of uh, disappointment or anger. Um, so after the dancer has slept once, <laughs> I always say, okay, now look at the situation and try to assess it before you go in and you actually decide to bring something up. So if you look at, say, say that dancer was being casted uh, a lot and then all of a sudden the next repertoire program, they're not being cast at all. Like for instance, when I was an apprentice with Houston Ballet, um, the first two programs we danced in, I was doing soloist and, and leading roles, either... Uh, third or fourth cast as an apprentice, um, but expected to perform or as an understudy. And there were a handful of apprentices that weren't, that were only understudying. Um, when the third and fourth program came up and I barely was listed to do anything in those shows, um, at first I was upset and I didn't know what to do. But when I, when I assessed the whole situation, I looked at everybody around me and I remembered, okay, I am not the only person in this organization. Um, but I do want to move forward in the organization and I, I do want to make sure that I didn't do something wrong or uh, that I hadn't been forgotten about. So before I decided to go ahead and have a meeting with the director, I, I assessed everything and I realized that, okay, there were six apprentices and it was the first year Stanton Welch had taken over. So he was really just trying to figure out the entire organization. So the six apprentices... At first, there were two of us that were being used a lot. The next program, there were two others that were being used a lot. So if you looked at sort of the way that things were working, the director was actually just testing out all the apprentices and seeing how they were doing. And he wanted to divvy it up fairly instead of going, oh, I'm going to give it all to this one dancer. So he was giving each dancer an opportunity. He couldn't just continue giving me the same opportunities without take with and giving the other one some as well without taking some away from me. So after I saw that, I didn't feel like I needed to go into a meeting right away. I, I wanted to give it some time before I actually went in and, and had the conversation about learning casting. Um, now, when I joined, after I joined Pacific Northwest Ballet and I was there for a few years, uh, the, there was a situation in 
a ballet where I think it was my third year in the company. There was a kind of a walk on part that happened. And there were initially me and one other core dancer that was supposed to do this role, which didn't feel like that, that big of a deal. But then, um, that dancer got hurt and through some weird chain of events, I ended up doing the role beside like a 15 year old professional division student. Um, and I was kind of embarrassed because I was like, I've worked my butt off to be in this company and to get roles and I'm not even getting to dance in this program and just walking on. And then you're going to put me beside, you can't even put me in beside a colleague. You have to put me beside this young student. Um, and when that happened, I was really angry. I was really upset and I took some time to think about it and I actually just did the role, but in my, just, I waited long enough that all of that could just that anger could flush away. So I, I went up to the office, I had a meeting and I mentioned all that. And, uh, the director, he, he mentioned, he was like, Oh, I didn't even notice. I didn't even think about it. Um, <laughs> so a lot of times these situations are, are because there's so many working parts of an organization that they, they just can't keep tabs of everything. But, um, if you get getting back to the idea of how to ask to learn a part, um, there have been times that I have gone into the artistic director's office and, and asked for a part. But what I've learned is that if you just go in and you ask for something, it's, it's harder to just have them offer to you. Um, if you go in with a game plan, uh, about how you're going to do it. Kind of like how I went in to emailing my, my boss at Broadway Dance Center with a game plan. Um, you usually get a better result. You don't always get the result that you want, but you usually get a better result. So, um, if there was a role that I wanted to learn at Pacific Northwest Ballet, usually I would make a meeting with Peter Bull and I would go into the office. And when I came in, I'd be like, hi, um, I just wanted to check in with you. I know that this ballet is coming up. I'd really like to learn the role. And he'd be like, well, me either. He'd be like, oh, I, I, sure. Or he'd say, I never really thought of you in that role. Um, or he'd say, no, it was usually that. But it was always a conversation. And usually I would have some way to back up what why I felt I should do that role. Well, this role I'd really love to do because I, I tend to do more contemporary roles. And while this isn't a leading role in, cla- in a classical ballet, I feel that I'd really like to push myself in that area. Um, that's a way to approach it. Or um, if I had gone up and I was a bit disappointed about casting in a way, um, and I would want to explain something to him, I would say, well, uh, if you like this happened my last year. If you if you look at the roles that I performed in the last two years, I did Mercutio and I did a uh, certain role in a Ulysses Dove ballet and I did four, the second theme in Four Temperaments and then all of a sudden my casting just stopped and I was only dancing core roles and so I had it all, I laid it all on the table and said, I, I don't understand how I've been tracking like this. And then all of a sudden this happens. And, um, of course there was a conversation and we could, uh, have that discussion. And hopefully if the director is honest as Peter was with me, then you, you can come to a decision as to how to handle it. Um, so like I said, sometimes you get what you want. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes there's a, like a nice middle ground. Um, but it's really important, I think, for dancers to go in, uh, and ask, these questions because otherwise you're just flying blind. And when you have it, when you have a disappointment once, especially earlier on in your, in your time with an organization, kind of like when I was hoping to move to faculty and I had asked, um, and they said that I wasn't ready yet, even though I had been working with the organization for well over a year. Um, when you get that first disappointment, it's not always 
that bad. You just go, okay, well, that that's that kind of sucks, but I'll move forward. Um, but there are what what I learned, and this was like with me at Pacific Northwest Ballet was if you had like one casting disappointment it was fine if you had two casting disappointments you were like well that that's i don't i don't like being disappointed when you have three you would go well why does this keep on happening and by four or five uh if it kept on happening it would generally make it, it would affect your morale um and people working for organizations with bad morale are there it's not a good thing because not only does it affect their uh quality of work it also tends to bleed into conversation and the culture and the community and that can cause other people within the culture and community to lose their morale so um i think it's just such a positive thing to go and ask <laughs> to ask for opportunities because um there's nothing wrong with it and like i said with me a lot of people go into a situation with the ego that I deserve these things, so they should come to me. Um, but there are so many organizations that have so many people involved. And if you don't go and ask for what you want, there's, there's no, there, well, not no way, but there, there's, there's probably less possibility of you achieving what you hope to achieve. So while I've talked a lot about, uh, not just casting, but while I've talked a lot about different um, asking for opportunities within your workplace, um, I'm not going to get into this too much, but I urge you, uh, if you are if you feel that you deserve something, don't be afraid to ask. Um, but also if you want to try something new, don't be afraid to reach out to organizations, sort of like how I had never worked for Broadway Dance Center. I just emailed them and said, Hey, I'd like to work for you. Uh, same thing with me when it comes to writing. Uh, I've reached out to magazines saying, Hey, I'd love to pitch an article to you. Uh, are you interested? And that's how I, I got my first article for dance magazine. So I urge all of you to go out there and to put yourself out there and ask for opportunities. And if it's, if you need, if you don't get anything out of it except for a no, it at least can give you clarity and it can allow you to, to move forward or to choose to, sorry, to, it'll allow you to move forward with that organization or allow you to choose to move forward beyond that organization. Um, so that's my experience uh, asking for opportunities. And I hope that. Uh, little bit of what I've shared can help you ask for your own opportunities. Please do not be shy. Promote yourself and, and don't be, don't feel like you can't tell people what you've done, what hard work you've done and what you feel that you deserve. Um, just make sure that you do it when you actually deserve it. <laughs> Cause there's nothing worse than thinking you deserve something that you don't make sure that you can back up your claims. Okay. This has been plenty of discussion. Um, so I think that it's probably a great time to call and end this podcast again. Thank you so much for listening in. I really appreciate you guys. I've had a handful of listeners reach out to me recently and it always warms my heart and inspires me to keep on podcasting. All right. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorollis.com. Again, that's www.barrykerollis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. 
And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcasts on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Corollas, or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blogs. I have Dancing Offstage. That is dancingoffstage.wordpress.com. And I am writing about the post-performance careers of professional dancers on that. I also have Life of a Freelance Dancer, which is now archived, where I wrote for five years about working as a freelance artist touring the nation. I also have a YouTube channel, Be Corollas, which features my choreography if you're interested in seeing how I am as a dance maker. Thanks for listening in to Pod of Chats. I hope you return in two weeks from Friday to talk dance with me. And remember to go out and support your local dance scene.